Hello, friends, and welcome to the Defining Marriage Podcast. Every week, my partner James and I talk about what's going on with marriage. I'm Matt Baum, of course. James, you're James. All I want to do is see you turn into a giant donkey. Oh, that's the sweetest thing you've ever said. You know all my hopes and dreams. You dream to be an ass. Sure. And is that is that why the donkey is the sexiest animal? Because it's an ass? I don't know if... Like, objectively the sexiest animal? You have made that assertion before. I guess... If you had to compare the donkey and the pig... I think that's... I think it's a matter of taste. All the musicians of Bremen. I guess it's like One Direction. Everybody has a favorite musician of Bremen. Sure, and every everyone has a favorite animal. Everyone has a... They've got the, the pinups of, of donkeys and pigs on their wall. I will say this, that I see in, in the kinky communities that I've written about and covered for my various outlets and, and spent time with for You've my articles and things. Right, yes. yeah, so I've covered them in, in all kinds of materials. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I have seen pig play. I have seen a lot of pup play. I rarely see donkey play. Really? Now, what would that be? Have you seen a donkey show? I have seen... Well, I've seen have you th- seen a donkey punch? <laughs> How about a nice donkey punch? Exactly right. Oh, yeah. Let's mix our sugary syrups. Uh, you know, let's, oh, let's combine our sugary, sugary syrups into a sexy serum that will turn you into a donkey. Now, James, uh, listeners have All asked in the past if our... see you turn into a giant donkey. ...have asked if this, this banter is foreplay for us. Yeah! And your invitation to mix our syrupy, sugary syrups... Yes, into a, a sexy serum. Mmm. Uh, I think that's, I think that's a, a promising premise. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of alliteration on this episode. There is. What's going on with us? I We're like kindergarten teachers. I looked into the glass and saw an image. It was it was materialized from the image. What it are was, you like the Wicked Witch? I am like her in so many ways. You are now the proud owner of scabies. <laughs> um, no, I looked into the glass and I saw the image of Steven Universe, which is a thing that we've been told to look at for a long time, but we didn't. Because we're contrarians. Now, when you say you looked into the glass, yes. is that your way of saying you've been watching television? There's a glass in the living room, and sometimes images materialize upon it. Okay. And sounds come out somewhere around the room. It's sometimes hard to place them, because you don't know how to use the AV thing properly. But it's sometimes hard to tell where the sound is coming from. I don't know how to use the buttons. You are button, button, who's got the button. Now, we have been contrarian. We have said, I don't believe the hype. I won't look at your kid your kids' show, but uh, I I have been charmed. Yeah, yeah, I think it's getting better and better over the course of season one. I'll tell you who we have to thank for right. watching Steven Universe. Who do we have to thank? The perverts. Uh, and I'll tell you how. Okay. Because I got sick, and I probably got a cold. As as you recall, listeners, uh, I've yeah, been... Previously on Defining Marriage. Yes, I've been getting over a little cold, and I probably got the cold when I was at CeCe's, the bar around the corner from us, uh, for fetish night. Mm. And so I was there, and there was hot and heavy and pressed up against all the humans, and that was probably and an a effective... And a few pigs. And probably an effective transmission medium for whatever illness I had. Mm. Uh, and so I was sick and miserable for a week, and I was unhappy. And ordinarily, I'd be like, well, we have Netflix, so I'm, not, I'm just going to have Netflix, no Hulu. But uh, I had no patience yep. for for thrift while I was ill. And so I said, oh, fuck the world, I'm getting Hulu. And- <laughs> uh, now, if there was ever a better endorsement for Hulu than that... Fuck the world, I'm getting Hulu. Mm. That's much better than Let's TV Together. 
Oh, is that what they say? That's what they say. This is where all the big TVs go. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so uh, so we got Hulu, and now that means that we can watch Steven Universe and Seinfeld. Mm. And uh, and I, not Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote's not anywhere to be found. Oh, screw Lou, you Lou, Hulu. I have to assume it's going to be coming out somewhere. My fear mm-hmm. is that it's going to be one of those things like... It's going to be on on CBS's weird streaming thing, so Uh-oh. you got to subscribe to another freaking streaming thing. Morley Schaefer. That's yes, Morley Schaefer online. Yes, uh, it's hosted by oh god, it's a digital Morley Safer recreation, like the like Max Headroom, like Max. Sure, I was going to go with um, the the digital. What's his? Oh, I've forgotten his name. Shoot, what's his name? The the. Uh, and the bad general from Star Wars. I can't believe I've forgotten his name. What is his name? Not Darth Vader. No, not Darth Vader. No. Uh, not Christopher Lee, because he, he's in the prequels. That's correct. It's Peter Cushing as... Mm-hmm. I can't believe Admiral... No, I want to say Admiral Akbar, but certainly not. Oh, him. that would be quite a surprise casting. It would. Oh, my gosh. Uh, general... General Grievous is a different person. <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin. Yes, although, now that I think about it, some of your name guesses would fit very well in the Star Wars universe. That is true. That is true. Like Clamberry Slapdash? That would be a great Star Wars name. Sure. I don't, I th- he would be a hero. Clam, uh, Clamberry Slapdash. Yes. Uh, Cluck Maestro? Yeah. Oh, man. He's... The, the musical chicken? Yep. Who's <laughs> also a fighter pilot? Yep. You know, listeners, I'm sure James is already aware of this, of course, but listeners, did you know that the name of the musical genre, the style of music that is played in the Star Wars universe. That music is referred to as jizz music. It is. It's the... Now that is jizz music, and if that doesn't make you jizz, then there is something seriously wrong with you. Yep. The band that plays in Jabba's Palace formerly was known as Max Rebo and the Galactic Jizz Whalers. Which is... Why aren't there more real bands called... Blank, blank, and the galactic jizz wielders. Wielders, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that kind of makes more sense than bender. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. That's going to be the next season of uh, Avatar. Oh, boy. After Dark. Avatar After Dark. Well, sure. I mean, we already got the Korasami shipping, spoiler alert. So maybe yeah. the next one will be a couple of jizz wielders. You know? Bending their jizz at each other. A nice, fun, gay romp of, of benders? Sure. Just uh, pulling their own fluids out and flinging them across now, the universe. Aside from Korasami, has there been anyone, has there been any even suggestion of an LGBT character in Avatar. I don't think that there has. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Uh, although, who knows what Iroh was up to. Sure, yeah. In those bathhouses with, well, with his tea dances. I guess that brings us back to um, to, to Steven Universe, which has ah. been uh, moderately queer-friendly so far. We're only halfway through the first season, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of... Amethyst dove into uh, Garnet's open legs in a way that was very thrilling. Yes, that fusion was rather explicit. (laughs) Yes. So I'm looking forward to more of that, and I'm told that the show uh, becomes even more queer. So I'm looking forward to what becomes of of our friends. I like that it has a lot of heart, Mm-hmm. And I like that it's genuinely funny, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to become interested in in the lore and the world building. Sure, yeah, I, I want to know more about. I have some theories that I'm going to share with you off the mic because I don't want to have any spoilers for listeners who maybe have not seen Steven Universe yet, Ooh. and I also don't want to be on the record with a theory that is outrageous and wrong. Oh, okay. Anyway, speaking of outrageous and wrong, we got quite a lot of marriage news this week. Oh no, okay, yes, we do. Like- 
Lay it on me, Puppo. Oh, I'm, I'm only too happy to. Yeehaw. Yep. So, uh, you'll remember the plebiscite, of course. Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, yes, I do remember the so, But why don't you refresh? Because this could be, imagine such a thing. This could be somebody's first defining marriage. Can you believe that? I'll give you the short version. So, the plebiscite was this scheme in Australia to legalize marriage equality. Australia still does not have marriage equality yet. And so, they were going to have what they call a plebiscite, a national popular vote on whether they should legalize marriage. Non-binding, so it was basically just a government run survey and then after that maybe they'd legalize marriage or maybe not so anyway there's a new bill that's been released uh that uh, is working its way through the political process in australia uh that would legalize marriage it still requires a plebiscite and plebiscite was so unpopular the idea was so unpopular that it, it was basically just defeated before it could even get started mm-hmm. so it's gonna be incredibly expensive was well, michael jackson taught us nobody likes to be defeated i suppose you know i've never really been a michael jackson person oh my goodness yeah when he died and when george michael died and when prince died i was like oh this is all very sad and even david bowie i was like this is very sad because i've heard their songs and i like them and i like david bowie in that christmas special where he sings with bing crosby well, and labyrinth and labyrinth of course oh, prince of the land of stench ha ha he's marvelous there as is his cod piece mm-hmm. but uh, i don't think that's a cod piece i think that's all natural mm-hmm. um oh <laughs> yes and he's got the hand that's just like it's it's jiggling his codpiece with the with the balls in it. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, I like their music, but I'm not like oh, I'm so attached to you as a person. You've been so meaningful to me. Mm. Anyway, what were we talking about? Sonic the Hedgehog three. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumor has it Michael Jackson wrote the soundtrack. Really? After appearing in the Moonwalker game with Sega. Uh, He was a fan, and then he wanted to uh, contribute music, but he did not want it attributed to him. Hmm. Uh, And there's some evidence to reveal the truth of it, but uh, I don't know. Well, maybe that's why Sonic has become such a a sex icon. Because of Michael Jackson, the other sex icon? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I I mean, isn't Michael Jackson's music sexy? Isn't that what it's supposed to be known for? Not Earth Song, but uh, some of it. Sure. Okay. Anyway, so this Australian law. Mm -hmm. So it would still require a plebiscite. Sure. uh, And uh, it would also allow anyone to refuse (laughs) to participate in a gay marriage. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing people having sex to Thriller, especially the Vincent Price rap. Oh, perfect. The funk of 40,000 years. Don't you dare tell me that's not something you would consider. Oh, consider! I'm I'm having a jizz-wielding moment right now. I'm sorry, I missed that part because I was thinking about the funk of 40,000 years. So this bill, this Turnbull bill, that, uh, yeah. would, uh, that would legalize marriage if they had another plebiscite, or mm-hmm. they, they actually had a plebiscite, uh, would allow anyone to refuse to participate in a gay marriage. So What does that mean? So civil servants and wedding officiants and bakers and florists and just about anybody who's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Uh, there would be built in an exemption for them. So no controversy over that. The law would explicitly say, go ahead and say, nope, nope, I'm not going to help you. Well, okay. So what effect would that have on same-sex uh, couples who want to get married? Like, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not necessarily going to prohibit anything unless, I mean, I guess if wedding officiants won't officiate, then what? They have to like go to a big city or something? They got to just keep looking for someone who will. So it would be, uh, you know, at best, uh, rather inconvenient to be like, oh boy, we can't find a baker yes. at this wedding. Uh, and it also would make it really 
hard to find if you're somewhere remote. Like, let's say you're, and I don't know, that part of Australia that the drag queens drive through in, in Priscilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably hard to find an efficient there. And as we've seen, it takes a long time to get from there to anywhere else in Australia. Easy to find a lady shooting ping pong balls out of her puss, though. Probably. You could find one of those. Mm-hmm. No problem. Um, <clears throat> or, you know, and there's also the you know, the cost to society of legalizing discrimination. So, you know, the same cost of putting a sign in a window that says no, no Jews allowed or something like that. Yeah, I understand. Um, now, just to play uh, ooh, Satan's cabana boy. Oh, not today, Satan. Um, is it not perhaps a bit like Don't Ask, Don't Tell, where you have a couple of decades of the culture warming up to it and being like, oh, actually... Uh, you know, the sky hasn't fallen and Jesus hasn't come back and said, uh-uh-uh, like Newman in Jurassic Park. Uh, and that, you know, yeah, people suffer for 10 or 20 years, but the end result is that because it wasn't a wild swing in one direction, you don't get a wild counter-reaction in the other. I think there's a lot to be said for that reaction, uh, for, for that strategy. Um, yes, Maybe. Maybe that is a good idea. Incremental progress. I mean, that has worked very well. And, you know, we've seen that Australian public opinion is already pretty favorable towards LGBTs. Right. So, I mean, I I understand it is writing discrimination into law and that that is not a thing that you should do. On the other hand, um, I mean, you know, whether it's uh, a fad diet or uh, changing a country, sometimes uh, radical change doesn't stick because it provokes a radical counter reaction. Um, Whereas turning up the water, the heat slowly on the toad turns it into a prince. And then you can fingerprints like an animaniacs. Now, I think there's a, a counter-argument to that, uh-huh. which, one, is what are you talking about? And two, <laughs> two more, more importantly, uh-huh. that once you write it into law, it's harder to get rid of. And there is, I think, some confidence on the part of equality advocates that they're going to be able to get this law without the discrimination in it. And, and if that's the case, then go for it. Um, but, you know, I, we uh, enacted marriage equality here very suddenly in all 50 states. Uh, I mean, not... Some might say it was too slow, but uh, compared to some other social changes, it was pretty quick, um, and it is provoking a strong counter-reaction that may undermine the progress that was made. Uh, I mean, to look at another example of of fast nationwide social change, you know, Roe versus Wade, Mm. which, you know, I I am not uh, questioning the merits of it or the justice of it, um, but it was a sweeping nationwide uh, social change that has provoked decades of really, like, foaming-at-the-mouth counter-reaction that uh, has now undermined it to the point where, you know, in some states, abortion is legal in name only. Yeah. Um, And I just wonder if perhaps, uh, you know, things had changed more incrementally. Um, and 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 I get that incremental justice is justice deferred, is justice denied. I get, like... You know, I understand that deferring justice is not a good thing, but uh, I don't know. I don't know about wild, sudden change, even if it's the change you want, because it seems to always be met with wild, sudden change you in the against you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we're going to be talking about that uh, a little bit later in this episode about what's going on in Texas. So, oh, good. Yes, there there may be uh, some wisdom in. Going real slow, like you say, boiling the frog. Real slow, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sl- you know, 
maybe not if uh you know i i and and i totally understand that denying people rights denying justice making people suffer uh for the comfort of bigots is uh not a good thing but i also you know just wonder if the long term value of taking things a bit more slowly and letting people warm up to ideas doesn't maybe lead to lasting stable change instead of, um, you know, one decade thing, it's a boom, one decade it's a bust, back and forth, back and forth, uh, with instability and strife and misery. So I'll just observe that most of the changes that we, we think of as progress and as, as good changes that have happened in society are things that did happen very suddenly and caused a lot of turmoil. I mean, like women's suffrage or civil rights movement, sexual revolution, um, yeah, usually it seems as, and, and Roe v. Wade, it seems like when change happens, it tends to happen because there's some really abrupt punctuation of change. And then that's followed by, by the turmoil. So maybe that's just the normal way these things go. I think that, yeah, I mean, I think it's human nature. I just think humans are dumb. Well, yeah, I think I think humans wait until they're no, they don't wait, but they need to be driven by some kind of crisis to organize and make something happen or or some injustice that just has become intolerable um, and then force for something force something sudden and drastic uh, because something that is incremental and more long lasting uh, just isn't something human beings are good at. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree that human beings are dumb. That's why we should all turn into donkeys. Sure, the smartest of animals, the, mm-hmm. the talking ass from the Bible. Oh yeah, wasn't he? Didn't he have something clever to say? Uh, <laughs> he was the, known as the comedian of Bremen. Oh, he had an insult for every apostle. Well, uh, I don't have any transition from that to some new insights that I've gleaned mm-hmm. about Taiwan. Oh, okay. So we've been asking why. So Taiwan is close to legalizing marriage equality. We're the first country in Asia to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been wondering why is Taiwan so ahead of the the pack on this? Why sure. is it about Taiwan? Well, so uh, I found an article that dove into that a bit. Um, turns out that Taiwan. Now we don't know a lot about Taiwanese history because we're Americans and we only care about ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, for decades, Taiwan suffered under a repressive rule of a pretty authoritarian regime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, when that was overthrown or or pushed out of power, uh, it was pushed out of power in a wave of progress and respect for civil rights. Like, I mean, we're talking about like a really bad time where people were disappeared and people, sure. you know, imprisoned and no civil rights of any kind. Mm-hmm. And so it was a real oppressive time. Yeah. And so that was pushed aside with this regime that has a real respect regime with a party with, with, um, well, how, I'm actually just curious. How was that pushed aside? Because when you have a real authoritarian regime like that, I'm just wondering, like, what do you do to dislodge them from power? That's a good hypothetical question. It is a hypothetical. So it is complicated. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that happened is Chiang Kai-shek died. And so oh, okay. <laughs> that was that was one step. Uh, and his son was uh, instrumental in, in uh, instituting some democratic reforms. So essentially, you had 
a very unhappy populace. Uh-huh. You had a country that was definitely suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, the country wasn't doing well. It was very hard for uh, businesses to get into the country and establish a foothold there. Mm-hmm. So the country was not modernizing as the rest of Asia was. Uh, and so I think leadership saw this oppressive regime is hurting us. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is the likelihood of a revolt. T- Taiwan had already endured some some uh, civil wars. So uh, I think uh, the leadership was like, all right, time for some more democracy before things get any worse. Okay. I mean, I, I can understand that. I just wonder why it swung so far the other way. Um, I mean, it, it just in my limited understanding of other countries that have had authoritarian regimes, um, it, it usually doesn't just sort of dissolve into a very progressive democratic uh, form of government. But I guess, you know, there are maybe exceptions to that. I think another thing that was going on in Taiwan. Now, again, this is a very complicated place because of its relationship with China. Um, It's a particularly diverse island. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of different cultures all coming together. And that uh, seems to have worked well, uh, that uh, no one particular ethnic group or religion was allowed, not allowed, but was able to become dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is a, it is a fairly Buddhist country, but it's not uh, as as Christian as some other countries are. Uh, and so in order for people to get along, there had to be a level of tolerance for, for different groups. Sure. And I mean, I don't know how they handle that legally. Um, I know in Singapore, it's, you know, basically required for everyone to get along, um, which, you know, it may sound to an American like it's a super oppressive, but uh, it seems to work. Yeah, Taiwan has been fairly responsive when there are problems of strife. Uh, there are corrective steps taken that seem to generally work pretty well. So, mm-hmm. for example, there were some issues of uh, essentially bullying in schools uh, around the mid-2000s. Uh, there was uh, somebody committed suicide, and uh, it, was, it was some high-profile uh, incidents of harassment on the basis of gender expression. Mm-hmm. And so the response was to implement gender equality education in schools in 2004. Okay. And so I think the support for marriage equality that we're seeing in Taiwan now is a result in part of that. Of an incremental change. Huh. How do you, what, what, what do you think? What do you, how, do you, how do you like that? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, of course there is some pushback to the progress of Ta- in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> there's uh, mass equality. We talked about them on a previous episode. It's a group that started in Massachusetts to oppose marriage there. Mm-hmm. And now they're branching out internationally. They've been supporting the anti-marriage forces in Taiwan with uh, translated materials that say, oh, it's going to result in uh, all kinds of, like, basically, you're going to see gay people everywhere if, if you legalize gay marriage. Uh, sure. That's another, so that's an argument that I know comes up from, like, that it's going to turn people gay. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, I don't know, or, or maybe they're just going to spontaneously generate or something. Like, where are all these extra gays supposed to come from? I don't know. That, like, when, when you legalize uh, same-sex marriage, suddenly there's just gays everywhere you look? I think what they would say is that there aren't very many gays, but they're just so annoying and loud oh, okay. that you just notice them because they demand attention. Okay, okay. Right, you can't ignore them because they're getting married and stuff, and you can't it's no longer legal to say, shut up, you can't get married. Right, right. You can't push him back in the closet anymore. Right. Okay. So um, they also said that uh, if someone, you know, if, if marriage equality, if, if same-sex couples are allowed to marry, what's to stop someone from marrying a Ferris wheel? What it, well, that's a, good, that's a very good question. 
And it's one that was posed by the Miramar Ferris Wheel, a, a noted landmark in Taiwan, mm-hmm. which tweeted out that it was accepting proposals. Oh, very sweet. Yes. So I suppose you could marry the Miramar Ferris Wheel if you wanted. Uh, that's going to be some wedding night. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> around and around and around. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. So anyway, so that's going on in Taiwan. Uh, there'll be some lobbying over the next few months. There's going to be a legislative vote coming up uh, sometime this spring. Mm-hmm. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Sure. Uh, over in China, mm-hmm. this is somewhat less uh, political. Uh, there's a new. I'm sorry, I, I just have to go back to the Ferris wheel thing because I know we sure. talked about it. I think last week or the week before. But there's something just so incredibly insulting about because it, what it boils down to is they're they're equating marriage with fucking and anything you want to fuck, you could marry. Um, and you know, oh, if you're sexually attracted to a dog or a Ferris wheel or whatever you want to fuck, why not just marry it? If a man can marry a man, why can't anyone marry anything they want to fuck? Um, because there's a difference when it's a human being. Human beings are different. Relationships between human beings are different different. A marriage is a relationship. It's not just you want to fuck your dog or you want to fuck your Ferris wheel or you want to fuck a five-year-old. Those are, I mean, okay, a five-year-old is a human being, but not one that is able to give consent to marriage or anything else. Um, it's it's this idea of, oh, if you're attracted to, if you can marry someone of the same sex, why can't you just marry anything you're attracted to? Because an adult romantic human relationship is a special fucking thing, you idiots. And if you think marriage just comes down to it's when you want to fuck something, you put a ring on it so that you get the seal of approval to fuck it, then you have no business being married. Yeah, I think that's not just insulting to gay people. It's just insulting to marriage in, in general. It's insulting to marriage. It's insulting to human beings. It's insulting to human relationships. I'm, I'm with Miyazaki on this. It is an insult to life itself. Gosh, okay. Uh, I Yeah, I'd agree with that. But... And, I, and I'm going to dig up Roger Ebert and his book Life Itself, and I'm going to fondle his waddle, because he has no lower jaw. He's like Darth Malak. He go blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to say, it is an insult to your book, Life Itself, that these people equate marriage with just wanting to fuck something. I mean, how revealing that that seems to be what they think marriage is. Oh, I want to fuck a chair. I guess I'll marry it. You piece of shit that's what you think marriage is i think that's what they think gay marriage is i ah. think they think that's all that that gay people same-sex couples can't possibly feel any sort of romance or love or attraction the way we do right so it, for them it just must be all about the sex sure because when they do it uh what the, the angel gabriel's in the room watching being like oh i'm taking notes for god because god wants to know about your fucking Ow! what uh, is that a thing it, yes the the peeping Gabriel, okay. Uh, that's where Peter Gabriel got his name. Uh... And Sledgehammer is a song about uh, some real deep dicking. Oh, yeah. Ye. If you're doing it in a way that evokes it's a, a sledgehammer, yeah. Uh, oh boy, that sounds fun. Mm. Uh, maybe you could marry your sledgehammer. You could. Anyway, so that's happening in Taiwan. Okay, and you're mad. I'm. Look, all I want to do is see you turn into. A tiny donkey. Our goals are aligned. Yes. In China, this game developer, mm-hmm. uh, let me see, what was the name of it? Star G. Okay. Sounds like a rejected Spice Girl, but okay. 
Um, I'm thinking of Pokemon. Okay. Uh, so they've got a game coming out in March called Rainbow Town. Okay. Uh, it looks super cute. It's basically The Sims with gay stuff. It's, it's, the Sims already has a lot of gay stuff, it truth is. be told. I, 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 they are describing it as The Sims. Based on the screenshots I saw, it looked more like a dating simulator. Okay. So... Uh, it's just a gay dating simulator. This is a bit of a novelty in China, sure. where that sort of thing is uh, frowned upon by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but, uh, Chinese game developer G Star uh, were hearing from people that they wanted G Star or Star G. Sorry, sorry, Star G. Isn't G Star a, a land of athleisure? What G Star? Yeah. What a land of athleisure? Yep. I don't know what your words are. <laughs> Anyway, so they kept hearing people say that they wanted gay marriage in their simi games, mm-hmm. uh, and so they are making Rainbow Town. Uh, okay. He said, this is a, a quote from one of the developers. Uh, there's a lovely picture of him standing in front of a muscle man uh, and holding a cat, which is Aww. super cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, we understand that gays like muscular guys, so we made the characters as nakedly appreciable as possible without them being completely naked. <laughs> So the game is fair enough. Yeah, it's it's fairly tame. Uh-huh. So it's you know you see some guys in underwear, but you know there's no sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of stroke the screen a little bit, and hearts come out of something. Oh, and okay. yeah, but there's no there's nothing more explicit than I don't know you, somebody in their underwear. You can go to Humplex for that. Hmm. Yeah. So that's coming out. Uh, I think it's it's sweet that there's a gay marriage game coming out of China. Sure. Uh, now, well, how does how, China is somewhat restrictive sometimes in yes. their their media. Uh, is, is there any pushback happening within China? Not that I've seen. I have okay. also have not really been looking. That's a, a country where it'd be difficult to make gay marriage happen. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying about uh, marriage. I'm just saying, um, you know, sometimes their media, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that uh, the government had a say sometimes in content. Oh, yes, yes. They are, are pretty explicit about uh, you can't have gay stuff in... in well, then your... how, how, is this, how does this come to pass? So government has regulation for TV and for film and uh-huh. for internet content, but the games are slightly less regulated. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So okay. we'll see how that goes. Maybe there will be some legal problems for them. But sure, uh, well, they yeah. seem confident that they're going to be able to put this game out. There's oh. going to be an English language version after the Chinese language version comes out. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Only Nixon could suck dick in China. That is true. That is a line in Star Trek. Yes. That's that's what Nixon's known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Tricky dick. So <laughs> that's how he got that nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh, last bit of news this week. We go to Texas. Okay. Let's not, but uh, I guess we're going to have to. Well, we're, metaphorically, we're going to Texas. Uh-huh. So uh, Texas Supreme Court is going to hear a case on March 1st uh, that is uh, part of the Republican strategy to undermine marriage equality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Houston, we've talked about this case on the podcast before. Houston was offering benefits to same-sex couples. Yeah. And uh, they, Houston was sued by a religious coalition saying that that violated their religious freedom for... <laughs> yeah taxpayer money to be spent on benefits for city employees same-sex couples wow that is a that is a complicated web that's a tough one but uh so initially the supreme court said no that's ridiculous so it worked its way up through courts to the supreme court and they were like no that's that's fine for texas to do that i mean like let's say for houston let's say a city government was catering with ham you're not going to get, uh, I mean, could you sue if you kept kosher? Could you sue to say that your taxpayer money was being spent buying ham, therefore it violated your religious liberties for the city to have bought it? I wonder if you could. I, I mean, 
you could sue for anything. You could, yeah, could you, you could win? give it a shot. Uh, so they're saying that uh, the benefits threaten their religious freedom, and they also say that it amounts to federal tyranny uh, because the um, – the justification that has been given in this in this in the most recent round of litigation is that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 2015 that marriage equality, blah blah blah, due process oh. and equal protection, right. and so they're saying, oh, it's it's illegitimate for the Supreme Court to tell the states that they have to abide by this ruling. Okay, so it's a nullification argument. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, their claim those that, generally don't go well, right? Right. But anyway, generally, Texas Supreme Court is all Republican. Sure. So we'll see. Uh, this uh, lawsuit is supported by all the leading uh, state officials, the governor, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, mm-hmm. all those guys. Uh, and so their claim is that, OK, well, maybe we have to recognize marriage, but no one should have to actually do anything about it. So we can say, OK, yeah, you've got a marriage license. You're married. But... All of the benefits and responsibilities of marriage are only for straight couples. Well, I think that, I mean, there's a bit of a difference there, right? That like nobody, I think that there's a case to be made that nobody should be compelled to take an an action that it violates their beliefs. I think there's another thing to say that collectively the state or city should withhold benefits. Like those seem like very different things. Like, I, I think... There is an argument to be made that, uh, you know, perhaps a city employee who who objects, I don't know, doesn't want to have to be the officiant at a same-sex marriage. Um, I understand the problems with granting exemptions, but I, I think there is a, a case to be made for that, that you could have a, a substantive argument about. That doesn't seem like the same thing to me as an entire city can should either be required to or have the uh, ability to deny benefits to spouses, uh, that's not the same as, like, we don't want to have to participate, so we're going to actively deny benefits. Well, I think that's what their strategy is, what you've just described, is that they want to be able to say, we don't have to abide by this ruling from the Supreme Court, or, or we have to, we only have to follow it very, very narrowly. And mm-hmm. then at the state level, we're going to pass a state law that says that cities are not allowed to issue these benefits to same-sex partners of, of, state em- of, of um, municipal employees. But how... I mean, that doesn't seem like the same thing as a religious freedom argument. Like, I mean, because how is, how is banning benefits... I, like I don't get it. I don't. I don't get this they argument. They would say that their tax dollars are being spent to support say? these religious litigants, the people who are bringing the lawsuit. The plaintiffs would say that our religious freedom is being violated because our government is spending our tax money on benefits for gay couples, and we think that that's uh, that that violates our religious freedom. I, I mean, people could argue all manner of things if that worked. Like, I mean. What if you're a, a Quaker and you are a pacifist, and then then could you sue the the entire like federal government for military spending because it violates your religious principles? Yeah, that's been attempted and failed. Right. So I mean, I don't know why. Like like you know, with the kosher example or, or the Quaker example, like 
I don't know why marriage is special. Like, because otherwise, there's all kinds of wacky religious beliefs mm-hmm. that people could sue the government over because the government is spending taxpayer money on something that violates a very specific... Like, if the government's having birthday parties, can Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. sue the government for having birthday parties, for recognizing birthdays? Like, is Martin Luther King Day something that they can shut down because it recognizes a birthday? Yeah, I suppose, or, or Lincoln's birthday or whatever it is sure. that we get day off for. Well, uh, I mean, I, I just can't see how these arguments could work, because it just seems to open the door to whatever your brand of delusional fairy tale is, you can sue the government if they're spending money in a way you don't like. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so, it, I agree that this is ludicrous. Okay. Now, what they would probably say is... <sighs> this is, I don't know, that this is something that's a brand new, this is a special case. Uh, I don't know, that this is somehow different from the kosher thing or the birthday thing or the military thing. I, I mean, the government spends money on all sorts of things that, depending on your religion, you might not like, and that's not a violation of your personal religious freedom. You can personally do whatever the fuck you want in in honor of your imaginary friends. Yeah, and now they, but they're saying that this is being done in our name. It's not. Isn't it, if the government's doing it, isn't it kind of being done in your name? Okay, then everyone can sue for everything. I'm going to sue Trump for everything he's doing. Like, oh boy, you. I mean, you can't. Like, it, th- that doesn't work. You can't say everything the government does is being done in my name personally, so and it violates it. Yeah. my personal code. So I can take the government to court because they're spending my tax dollars on something I don't like. I mean, if they if that was a valid course of action, everyone would sue the government about everything. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. This one in particular is, I guess they're seeing it as an opportunity to push back against the federal government. And sure. Federal, I don't know what they were. They, they well, call it's it nullification. Tyranny. It's a yeah. nullification argument. Yeah, and nullification arguments haven't gone well historically. But we're in a different epoch, apparently, where things that have uh, historically had a precedent uh, are topsy turvy. So who knows? Who knows? Indeed. Yeah, it could be. It could be real weird. And I like there, there's all these Republicans, and I mean, they weren't even going to hear this case until top Republican state officials pushed for a rehearing. Sure. And then they were like, okay, sh- okay, I guess. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's another, you know, um, it's another rock to throw at, at marriage equality to chip away at it. Right. Like, it's, Oh, well that's ultimately what this is about. This right. is a test to see like, can, okay, well we were told that we have to recognize marriage equality, but maybe, even though we're issuing these licenses, maybe we just don't, we, we can, we can make it so that we're not doing anything yeah, to, it, to actually recognize it's the it's the velociraptors uh, poking their nose at different parts of the fence to see what parts on and what parts off. They remember clever girls, uh, y- y- and that's what this is, right? Like it's just a testing to see if there's a gap in the fence. Yeah, and then they're going to lay some eggs and, and bite us. Yeah, absolutely, and they're going to spontaneously change from male to female or vice versa. Mm. Transgenderism, baby. Oh, yes, that's that's what they're really afraid of. That's what of. they're after, yes. The creeping the, agenda of transgenderism. Because of the frog DNA, thanks to the human-animal <laughs> hybrids. Right. That is, I will say, that is something that um, that National Organization for Marriage is, is warning about. Is yeah, not, transgender. Chan- yeah. The, the risk of marriage equality is transgenderism. That's definitely true. I mean, it, it, like in Jurassic Park, where we're just going to exactly, it. yeah. I mean, everyone's going to get injected with frog DNA. 
uh, and then you're just you're just going to change one day. Well, I guess if that gives you like webbed feet and you become a really good swimmer, that wouldn't be so bad. I don't want webbing. Of I actually used to have nightmares about webbing. Really? Oh yeah, webbing is disgusting to me. Oh, okay. Like webbing between your fingers or between your toes. Uh, I mean, I I don't even like that little thing under your tongue that attaches it to the bottom. Hmm. I don't like to think about it. I don't like to know it's there, but I also wouldn't want it to go away because then my tongue would roll up like a window shade <laughs> or like a cummerbund. Exactly right. Okay, that's not a cummerbund. What's what's that thing? It's it's the little bib that you wear under a tuxedo. Um, the bib under the tuxedo. I don't. Yeah, isn't there isn't there something like that? It's I know what you mean. Not a full shirt. I think that doesn't exist anymore. I think that's a thing that used to exist, but maybe not. I don't know. When you get horny it does flap up and slap you in the face yes that is definitely how that works i guess yeah the last time i've seen something like that is like in an old movie about uh, the depression sure maybe those have gone those have gone away the way of the dodo mm. the depressed dodo well that's about it for for business for us this week monkey business monkey business uh listeners uh as always it's a delight to hear from you so you can let us know your thoughts i'm at matt baum on twitter you can also hear me on various other podcasts i was recently on the game bar podcast that's game with a y g-a-y-m-e it sounds like you're in a pillowcase at the bottom of a well but it's a very good episode yes the we had a fun chat my audio quality is not the smoothest but uh uh, we we talked about uh, playing with pride, our our queer gamer project, and uh, we talked about Final Fantasy. I talked about you a little bit. What what what? You did? I didn't hear that part. Oh, I said James. He's my hunky friend. Hunk, hunk of what? I'm sorry. That just made me have a coughing spasm. Blue. You, you know, hunky friend. Um, and uh, yes, and so I'm also going to be soon on the on Orange Lounge Radio, which is another gaming podcast. Well, that's, you're recording that this very day, I'm or recording you recording it this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the time you hear this podcast, uh, it will already have been recorded and should be available. Uh, OrangeLoungeRadio.com, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also hear me uh, soon on the uh, podcast No Safe Word. That's a podcast about uh, LGBT kink and uh, sexy time news. And so I'm also recording that this afternoon. Oh, are you? Yes, yes. Are you going there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you'll be leaving over. me. I, I'm afraid so. Oh. You can come if you want, but... I uh, don't need no, that. No, you don't. So you can hear me on No Safe Word uh, very soon. And uh, yeah, and of course you can listen to our other podcast, uh, The Sewers of Paris, where we talk about the entertainment that has changed the lives of gay men. I just had Peaches Christ slash Joshua Grinnell on talking about uh, becoming a strange drag character and, and befriending John Waters, going for a swim on shark-infested waters, literally. It's not a metaphor. And uh, yeah, so that's happening on that podcast. Uh, so I think that's about it. For- Don't forget that you can buy the book, oh, Defining course, Marriage, which course. has uh, real content as opposed to this show. Yes. You know, there's the nonsense that we talk about week to week, but you can also hear stories of how folks have fought for marriage over the last 40 years. Uh, you might say that they fought incrementally, but it's still 40 years is not a, a lot of time for a social change. Uh, so you can get that at definingmarriage.com. It's on Amazon and ebook and paperback and audiobook, so you can listen to my voice soothingly uh, lull you off to sleep while you drive. And so that's available. You can also listen to what? The first 17 episodes of this or so? 14? 14. 14. Yeah. Oh, 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 inches sure. of podcast. 14 inches of podcast. Which, each episode is an inch. Yes. And uh, each episode is a chapter of the book. So if you want to know what the book is, you could just listen to the beginning of this. Maybe you already have. I don't know. And then you got here and got real disappointed. 
Um, but you can listen to the first 14 chapters, and if you like it, why don't you do, you could go buy it anyway and give Herman a little, um, a little, yeah, a little monetary smooch. Mm. Or it makes a lovely gift. You could get it for somebody as a gift. You could. You could throw the book at them. Sure. That's not the traditional way of giving a gift. But I think that's the, the 12th anniversary, right? Yeah, you throw a book at them. Yeah. Uh, so that's about it for this week, everybody. By the power vested in me, by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. <laughs> Don't give the listeners ideas.